Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Laughs podcast here in the headquarters of the School of Laughs in beautiful Hermitage, Tennessee, just outside the home of Andrew Jackson. It's Rick Roberts and Gavin Miller. How's it going, Gavin? It is going very good. Gavin, it's been a little while since you've been in here. Yeah. Good to see you back, and we're going to kind of pick your brain on a second and see how your life's going. Yeah. I know some listeners out there are like, where's Gavin, man? A lot of these things have been interviews the past few weeks. so I'm still here. He's still alive, folks. Uh, today's topic is going to be all about crowd work. Now, I'll admit I'm not the king of crowd work. I do use it in my act, and I know um, some things that work for me. I also talked to a few other comics before this episode and got some of their input on how they go about it. Cool. And we'll talk about some folks that are great at it, and maybe you can watch on YouTube and kind of see their style and how they go about crowd work. But yeah. Crowd work is a great tool in your overall toolbox. Not every comic uses it, but I uh, get a lot of questions about it. So yeah. we'll hit that here in a second. A quick iTunes review. Uh, This one comes all the way from the UK. Wow. That's right. This is from Hubern. I'll just say that, but I know actually who he is. Um, He gave us a five-star review. says, I'm from the UK, and I've been listening to the podcast for a little while. Every aspiring comedian should listen to the podcast. I'm in my second year of stand-up and attended a local course, which is great for generating raw material, like someone giving you a big job. Like someone giving you a big jigsaw and you have to build it yourself. What this podcast does is help you put those pieces together. I have recently started the online course, and the course and podcast complement each other so nicely, like spaghetti and bologna sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So thank you, Martin. I know who you are, buddy. And uh, Martin's been sending me some some homework through the course, and he's got some great stuff. And uh, he recently had a pretty big announcement in his life. I'm just curious... Yeah, uh, Gavin, have you got anything going I, on? I know you quit your job the other, <laughs> but it seems like you've yeah, got something else you want to tell us. I quit my job, mm-hmm. so we found that out, and then we found out that I'm having a baby. The first man ever to have a baby, yes. Gavin Miller. <laughs> I, uh, the stress, you would think that I was the first person to ever have a baby, the stress that it put on me. I congratulations. Mean, thank you very much. Uh, it is, I mean, maybe some of you have seen some things, if you uh friends with me on Facebook or something, but um, it is definitely super exciting. I, I told Rick, I said, I now have material for the next uh, million years. You do. Um, if I can figure out anything funny, actually, about it. <laughs> right now, it doesn't feel funny. It feels panicky. And that's what you need to talk about. Yeah. I mean, everything that you feel like, am I inadequate to be a father? Um, how can I, I can barely take care of myself. How can I take care of this kid? All those thoughts are what you should be talking about on stage. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean. Maybe not the entire time you're up there, <laughs> but you need to start introducing some of those things while yeah. you have them. Because it's you're going to see it's a fluid thing. And as soon as you get through addressing something now you know you're good at changing diapers or whatever. Right. now there's the next level of what she's doing because it's going to be a change every single day yeah 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 i i even we've just been buying things like i mean we've already got all these clothes we've got like a stroller we've got all this stuff and we've got a room in our house that's like the baby room mm-hmm. that's now becoming like just filled with things it got so stressful i had to like close the door so that i couldn't see it as i was walking past i mean i'm super (laughs) that sounds horrible i'm super happy i'm i'm as happy as i could possibly be about it but there is another practical side that it's like 
Oh, no, like, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. So it's both things. It'll, it should be the best thing that's happened to you since you got <laughs> married. <laughs> Hopefully. And it won't always feel that way. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be so many days where I might not see you. I mean, literally, I'm going to give you like it's, a four-month break from the podcast <laughs> when the baby comes because I yeah. don't even want to add that stress to your life. When when she's when she's due That'll all- be around February. So she's she's actually due at the beginning of February. Um, and so, yeah, so we could sort of figure out the Christmas thing. and, and uh, But, yeah, I mean, super excited. And, you know, I, I do realize that that is where a lot of the material is going to come from. But just like it's it's in my head like a loop. You yeah. know. Well, that's that's cool, man. Uh, uh, congratulations. Thanks. And I, oh, I would like to ask all of our listeners to help name Gavin's baby. Yeah, Do you yeah, mind yeah, if I yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> anything, let's uh, yeah, let's do it on uh, my Twitter. So if you go to uh, GavinMiller42 or at GavinMiller42, yeah, name my baby. <laughs> all right. So wrap all the things that are Gavin into that baby's name. The yeah. stress, the anxiety. The panic. The panic. The not being funny. The, the part yeah. where I'm not funny. The part. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you listen to this podcast, our goal here on the show is not actually to be funny. It's to help you uh, deal with the all the ins and outs of being a stand-up comic as we all go through. And I'm still going through things. That's what I like oh, about this. It's a, it's a constant self-discovery. Now, here's another big announcement. Yes. Now, I, I don't want to apologize because it just is what it is. Um, but many, many, many months ago, it seems like, I said, hey, let's do this thing called Fix a Joke where you guys yes. send in some jokes and we start fixing them on the air. Yeah. Well, it's just uh, different events taking place where I couldn't sit down with Gavin. Sometimes it's the right time to do this. I was yeah. thinking about maybe spinning it off as a different podcast all in itself, yeah. which might still happen at some point. But today's going to be our first installment of Fix That Joke. <laughs> we need it. It's your baby. It's like. <laughs> yeah, this will be my little stress baby here. So, Gavin, what, I think we should time it out. What do you think is a good... Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. I'm going to trust you to watch the I clock. I got it. Okay. Ready? Okay. Set. Go. Go. All right. This joke comes in from Lee Harden. Lee, I know. He's a former student uh, and is a very funny guy, and he's made huge strides. So this is Lee's joke that he's struggling with. When I was a kid, I wrecked my bike, lost my balance, and got hit by a car. I probably should tell you that the car was parked. And that bike I couldn't keep my balance on, it had training wheels. I wasn't wearing a helmet either. When you act that dumb, you should be wearing a helmet, but not for the bicycle, just for everyday life. All right, uh, Lee, I think you have the nuggets of a good joke here, but I'm going to tell you how I would look at this and um, break it down. Yeah. First thing I think is you have too much information in the setup. A lot of words. A lot of words. And, and what I mean by too much information, you have really three different statements. Okay. The premise needs to make one statement, and that gives you one thing to pivot off of and have the misdirection. What you have right now is, when I was a kid, I wrecked my bike. That's one statement. Lost my balance. That's the second statement. Third, got hit by a car. That's a, you know one, yeah. two, and three right there. Yeah. So you need to pare that down. The crowd needs one statement. So I would just say this, and I would, I would change things. This is one thing that sometimes you forget to do because you, you may be recapping an event that actually happened. Yeah. Make it more setup friendly. So I would say it like this. When I was a kid, I once got run over by a car. Okay? When I was a kid, I got run over by a car. Okay. That's one statement. So we're like, oh, my gosh, how are you even survive? <laughs> right. So the audience is a so little bit like. tension. Yeah, there's yeah. tension. You say, it was a parked car. Right. All right. So now you're an idiot. That's stronger misdirection than what you had. And then your tagline that you were working with there was also a little uh, too combobulated, discombobulated. <laughs> yeah. Too, uh, Go with it. I'm not going to help had you. Had too many words. 
So I would stream that to, when you act that dumb, you should be wearing a helmet, but not for the bike, just for everyday life. So that's one way to go about it. Yeah. I would maybe even say, uh, when I was a kid, I was involved in a hit and run. That adds a little bit of excitement and yeah. to it. My bike got hit by a parked car. So that's kind of a reversal. The parked car hits you, and it, it changes. Like it's, you're trying to give a reason yeah. for it. Yeah. And it's a stronger misdirection again. I was just, I was so embarrassed, I ran away. So maybe you didn't even hop back on your bike. Like yeah. You just abandoned your bike. So, again, you could tag it with the same thing. And you act that dumb, you should be wearing a helmet, but not for the bike, just for everyday life. And then, you know, you had the stuff in there about training wheels and balance and all that stuff. That's fine if you want to add tags with that, but it was just too much clutter in the front. So that's one way I would look at fixing the joke is streamline the setup to one thought. And it's the stronger the thought, the stronger the statement, the easier it is to pivot with the misdirection and then tag it in a way that adds a little something to it. Now, the other thing I might do with a joke like this, I mean, it's interesting that you were hit you you know, hit by a parked car when you were a kid. Right? It's interesting. But it's not Poor that Lee. relevant. Poor Lee. Lee, that yeah. was what Lee's in his mid twenties, right? I hope so. He lives. He's still alive from these parked cars. Yeah, so this is this thing happened ten or fifteen or maybe twenty years ago. Yeah. That doesn't make it very urgent. And I think a lot of stand ups talk about stories really long time ago with no reason why they're telling you mm-hmm. that. So another thing you could simply do and it actually makes it funnier is make that happen right now. Yeah. Make it happen today on yeah. the way to the show. So you could say something like, Hey, I'm a little shaken up tonight on a bike ride over here. I got hit by a car. And people are like, What? It was a parked car. Then you get the laugh. I'm gonna start wearing a helmet, not for the bike, just for everyday life. Yeah. And what he does now He's got the joke nice and tight. It's relevant. It's current. It's urgent. And by putting himself down, it's self-deprecating, too. Yeah. So he's done three or four great things there in a short joke, and he sets up the, the possibility of calling back the helmet anytime he talks about doing something stupid in his show. I love that. All right. So I'm talking to you. but Yeah, I'm I know. Really ta- I'm, I sh- I'm, I'm, I'm percolating some ideas. Yeah. Well, I'm, I should also be talking to Lee. Lee, I know you listen, so hopefully that made sense. Um much tighter in the premise. You know, it's a funny situation, especially the, the parked car hits you, and then boom. All right, you just hit your three nice. minutes. All right, so. But I think we fixed it. I think we did. Well, we're getting there. We changed it. I, yeah, 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 we did change it. <laughs> Ch- I, and I would say, like, I have the same, I have a little bit of the same problem is that I start to make something up, but then it doesn't, I think, well, that didn't really happen. And then I, but my other thought is, if you're going to make up one part, make the whole thing up and just actually try to make it funny. Yeah. Just make it as funny as it can be. Um you know, if you're going to make the whole thing, just go for it. And then uh, the only thing I thought was, um, you know, maybe even trying to make that punchline even shorter. Like, do they uh, do they make helmets for people that dumb? Uh, something like that to, you know, reverse the order a little bit. Um, you know, try to make it real snappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then maybe talk about, you know, geez, well, later today I'm going out to the grocery store. Maybe I should bring my helmet, you know, or... Uh, you know, like you said, the other situations. So maybe name a couple of those ordinary situations where you wouldn't think, you know, that you would need a helmet. Right. But like, you know, going to the bank. Geez, I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe this is my helmet day. Right. Like, right. Is it helmet day? You know. You know, and really, uh, gosh, anything that happens in the showroom that's like, you know, if somebody drops a tray of drinks or a heckler. Or, yeah. Oh my gosh, that that would be a great yeah. you know callback. Lee, you're now the helmet guy. You're the helmet. Yeah. Welcome to helmet. Not just for bikes, but for everyday life. Yeah. So I like that. That's that's good. Cool. We've got some more in the pipeline. Hopefully that helped. 
Yeah, hopefully so. I guess we should uh, read his feedback on our feedback <laughs> on the next episode. Yeah. If you've got a joke you are struggling with or you can't figure out why it's inconsistent, send it in to us at schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Put fix a joke in the subject header, and we'll put it in queue with the others. we got four or five uh, ahead of you right now for sure, and we'll do one of those Sweet. every time we get together. Can't wait. I All right, that. cool. So... All that being said, yeah. our topic today, and thanks if you're still with us, <laughs> is, is crowd work. Now, crowd work is a, like I say, a great, great skill, and you know, not all comics, not all great comics, are good at, at crowd work. It's just one of those things you either, I think, you have a natural disposition to doing it. To do it, okay. You know, just like comedy in general. Yeah. Like I don't <laughs> think you can teach somebody to be funny. I, I can help you make your things funnier that you say. Yeah. But you got to bring something to the table, right? And crowd work's kind of the same way. You've got to be comfortable in your own skin. You've got to be interested in other people. Yeah. You've got to be uh, okay with if it doesn't go anywhere, just to kind of jump back into your set. Lots of different things. Right. So when we talk about crowd work, I guess we should talk about why you would do it in the first place. Okay. What are good scenarios for crowd work? Okay. Uh, I think sometimes when the crowd is small. Okay. And your normal setup, your rhythm is right. It's going to be different because you don't have three hundred people there. You got yeah, you know, ten or fifteen or something. Right. Sometimes I mean, it's, it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even I mean, even at the real comedy club, you'll walk in and like, what? Yeah. How do they not know there's it's a, show a Sunday holiday? You yeah, know, something. So in that case, it it gives you a different uh, way to show people you're funny. Okay. The key should always be showing people you're funny. Okay. If you don't have that in the back of your mind every time you start crowd work then you might just get into a conversation that isn't funny at all right all right yeah. so so always be thinking in the it's kind of like you're going to be juggling three things here one is l- asking a leading question okay you know you just don't want to say hey i'm, I'm the floor is open who wants to speak <laughs> up right it has to be controlled chaos. can anybody babysit on saturday night yeah <laughs> that's so what i'm gonna you, have you, you ask a leading question you listen to the answer from a specific person okay and then you add Okay. So let's let's look at it in a few different ways. You can ask that leading question. One, and I like to ask questions this way. If like when I was MCing, especially by applause, how many folks here are celebrating tonight? Let's just say that one. Okay. Okay. Because now you you see the people applauding, and you can look at the four or five different tables and pick which one you're going to go talk to. Sure. If I said uh, who's celebrating tonight, and everybody starts yelling at me, then they feel like I just said you can yeah. talk now. Right. Yeah. But when you say by applause, it gives you the fallback on hey, I said by applause. Uh, I'm going to talk to this table over here because they play by the rules. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not All that right. you have to be a controlling jerk yeah. like that. But, but, but there, that's that's a – you knew what you were going to say before mm-hmm. before they even – before you asked the question, really. You knew your response was what was that was going to be. Yeah, I'm hoping okay. that – you know, I'm hoping to be surprised at this point. But early on I was hoping to – you know, yeah, we're having a birthday – we're having an anniversary. Okay. They just got a divorce or celebrating that. My <laughs> yeah. kids just got out of college or I paid off a student loan. You know, some things Something, that typically yeah. people celebrate. Okay. I, w- I love to hear, like, somebody celebrating something ridiculously uncool or un- yeah. unnecessary, especially. Right. Because uh, you can really just listen to those new words for the first time and engage with that. Yeah, because it fires your brain a little bit. Right. Okay. But if you're listening to this and you're at the MC host kind of level right now, all those questions you hear people ask at comedy clubs – do you need to be able to do crowd work to do the MC spot? I don't think you need to be able to. Okay. But I don't. I think you should not be afraid to. Okay. Um, and let me tell you why. So the rush of panic that I feel right now about yeah. <laughs> standing in front of the thing and going like, so who's got a birthday? Well, let me tell you why. Because that's the, the, as I wasn't thinking, that was the words that came out of my mouth. And so that's what I would be afraid of. 
that I would say something too specific, and nobody would have a birthday. Yeah. Well, I, I would I would suggest that probably ninety percent of the club owners mm-hmm. uh, or managers would not want to see a brand new comic in their club open on the floor like that in a professional show. Okay. I mean, I think they'd be like, what are they doing? Just do your material. Like, Okay. I do think that's the gut instinct. There'll be a couple that are like, hey, if they trust you, fine. But you're going to have to earn that trust. Okay. But, you know, first few times at a comedy club working it, you probably don't want to Just let be... the guy in the back announce you or you announce yourself from the back. You come up. You, you do, do your, your set. You do your set. You say, hey, next Comic-Con, so-and-so, he's a real fun guy. Give him a hand. Yeah, and do the announcements like they want you to do. And yeah. if, if they ask you to ask the crowd those things, fine. But if not, just get into your material. Okay, gotcha. But what I would also do is, is kind of make a short list of all the, the normal announcements clubs ask you to do and write three or four jokes for it. On them, okay. So an anniversary. If you're single, not married, then you could... Ask the anniversary. Somebody's celebrating. Cool. What is it? An anniversary. Great. And they, they let them have their moment of glory. And I'm celebrating an anniversary too. And it can be something really ridiculous. Okay. Got gotcha. twenty. You know, my twentieth not paid student loan or yeah, whatever. Yeah. What, you know, whatever. But you've got that locked. That's sort of in your it's, drawer of yeah. pre pre done responses. Yeah. Okay. It's your backup parachute. Your initial okay. parachute should be whatever comes to mind. And okay. If you don't have anything, you've got those backup okay. lines. They're going always going to ask you to do drink specials. Okay. So make up a funny thing about a name of a drink or something yeah. like that. Um, they're going to ask you to announce upcoming events. Okay. In that situation, I don't think you, you need to make too much fun of the comic coming up or comment or add any editorial comments like, oh, Carrot Top, Ugh, right. my least favorite, or whatever. Yeah. In that, you need to be professional and sound somewhat excited about all those upcoming events. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, tip your wait staff. You can do jokes there, too. Okay. Um, but don't do them at the, wait, at, at the expense, at the expense of, of the wait staff. Because <laughs> as uh, I think it was Jamie in Atlanta said, that's part of his brand is his wait staff, and you don't, yeah. you don't take shots at them. Yeah. You know, so I think those are all valid. So as an opener, yeah, crowd work can be a little tricky, but I think an experienced opener. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of you know a lot of the bigger clubs have experienced headliners come back and house MC for months at a time. Right. You know when you see that in action, you know that they're really good at it. Okay. And they've got the material to back it up in gotcha. case it's not going where it wants to go. So yeah, don't be afraid of it. <laughs> um, but in the open mic situation, I would I would test it out. Okay. Especially if you're new, uh, open mics you're not getting paid. Now, obviously, if the three comics in front of you just did crowd work, maybe you skip it that night. Don't do it. Okay. But if there's been three or four that did material straight up, crowd work's going to be fresh for the crowd and fresh for you. Okay. So find And maybe don't, if it's a super comic-heavy crowd, don't do it. Yeah. Because they're going to just stare at you and throw you all the wrong things. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or maybe that'd be fun. Or... <laughs> But but still, you, you, the goal should be: What am I getting out of this? Am I okay. growing as a comic? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You know, and and can I be funny? So you're te- you're working that little muscle, and so as you develop and you move up the ranks a little bit in your feature spot, uh, you, you know the crowds should be properly warmed up by the MC. You've got your material that you want to be cranking on pretty hard. Okay. But you might want to have I call them pockets. Okay. Little spots in your show where you're gonna you don't need to, and on shows where you don't have time to, you you don't even ignite the the switch on the pocket. But you have a little pocket where you can interact with the audience. Okay. So I've got a joke about hunting. Uh huh. Okay. So I I could just do it, or I can go uh, about round of applause where are my hunters in the room. Okay. And then I can engage with that hunter. Hey, what'd you get last season? Okay. And so you know one of my lines I go to, if if it's a buck, I say how many points. Right. And so. I'm, I'm hoping they say an odd number because that right. just cracks me up. Yeah, I'm like, so he just was tilted to one side, walking gotcha. in a circle. You picked him off the third yeah. time he came around, you know. So, but if, if it's if it's not, then I've got other questions I can ask. Okay, and <coughs> but I know it's a, a time for me to play to hit that. Yeah, and I've got to listen. If I if I jump right into the line that I prepared and it wasn't right, then it's going to make me look like an idiot. Right, and I give them enough time to speak up without 
taking control of the show. Yeah. You know, and most people are not going to go long-winded on you. No. Um, but I ask for people, the reason I go through that process, by applause, now, they're only going to applaud if they want to be engaged. Right. And so you see the people applauding, you know they're engaged, and you can ask them a follow-up. Yeah. I wouldn't just, like, point at a guy, hey, dude, do you hunt? <laughs> do you, are you a hunter? You look like a serial killer. Yeah. I didn't say, you know. <laughs> You've worn your, your Rambo bandana here tonight. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, tell your wardrobe. Yeah. Um, so then you, you're engaging the engaged. And that's, okay. that's one thing I want to really uh, slow down on is you never want to pick on somebody, you know, say you're an insult comic. Uh-huh. You don't want to pick on people that aren't engaged. It's your instinct to go after people. Like, we all know you're staring at the one guy who's not it's enjoying not the show. not paying attention, yes. Yeah. So if you go to that guy and he doesn't give you anything, what did you expect? Yeah. He wasn't enjoying the show in the first place. Right. Find somebody that's really actively enjoying the show. Okay. Um, on some events, I'll bring a person on stage to sing oh, with wow. me at the end. Okay. Which is a big risk. Yeah, it is. But it's got to be a calculated risk. Uh-huh. So I will not pick the loudest, drunkest person. Right. You know, that's that's a recipe for failure right yeah. there. Um, I'll pick somebody that's been smiling, laughing. Yeah. They're usually, you know... Roughly my age, yeah. So when they get up there, I can banter with them on a on a level of what's going on in your sure. life, kind of deal. And and I've got some some nonverbal cues to look at. You know, if they're leaning in during the show, I know they're into it. You know, all those things. Yeah. And when I bring them on stage, then I've got more room to play. Okay. You know, I could do the what do you do for a living? Let's get to know you really quick before, right. before you sing. What do you do for a living? Is that? A, I mean, are those good questions? Like. Well, they're not the most unique. Right. But I'm, this is like a very introduction. But you're waiting for the uniqueness to come from, I guess, either the uniqueness or the total blandness to mm-hmm. come from that person. Right, yeah, because if they're totally blank, you can throw blank back at them. Yeah. That didn't sound right, but you can No, can't. no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, sometimes they'll give you something very specific. Oh, I'm a neurosurgeon. Right. Whoa. Now yeah. I can go into that for a long time. You know? Yeah. Um, Here, maybe you should take this guitar <laughs> and this mic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no doubt. Uh, back in Valentine's, I was doing a show, and a guy had proposed to his girlfriend right before the show uh-huh. on the mic. So I got him up to sing just for another moment of glory for him right. and to let him know that he's, he's never going to have a choice of doing anything the <laughs> yeah. rest of his life. And so I asked him what he did for a living, and he was a parole officer. Oh, right. And I'd just done my Barney Fife thing before I picked up the guitar. Yeah. So then I just pretended I was Fife. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess I got some backup. You know, yeah. And had some fun. So you can ask those leading questions, and if they don't give you something, you still got your material in this case, the song to go into. Sure. You know, and you do a couple run-throughs to the song, and if they're not getting it, then, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, you make fun of it. And if they <laughs> are getting it, then you celebrate it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So all those things come into play, but you want to engage the engaged people. Okay. And in that example, very engaged. He got engaged that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> realize that, <laughs> that was is come as up. most engaged <laughs> as you can be. Yeah. And, and the key, too, is very, very much so listening. Don't listen for what you think they're going to say. Listen for what they actually say. Listen to hear. Uh-huh. And that's something that I've been really trying to do this year. Somebody told me that, and it just made so much sense. It's so simple. But listen to hear what they're saying, not to jump in and say what you're saying. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so I've been really trying to do that with any kind of interaction I have, not only on stage but off. Um, so once again, open mic's a great place to do it. If you're a headliner and you know you got your solid hour and you're cranking, but you want to start dipping your toe in the crowd work and you never have before, uh-huh. I really like doing it during the check drop. Okay. Okay. Check drop. If you if you're new to comedy, and maybe you don't even go to comedy clubs, you go to open mics. You don't see it happening. 
during a professional show, they've had the opener in the middle, and about 10 minutes into the headliner set, maybe they start calculating the drink tabs and the food orders. Gotcha. And then about 20 minutes, usually before the headliner is getting ready to dismount the stage, they pass out the checks, and it's okay. a huge disruption in the showroom. Yeah. Now, some clubs are great, and they don't drop checks until the show is over. Oh, really? Wow. There's just a handful of those, but That's... I love that because there's no stress on you at all. Yeah. And the other thing I used to hate is whenever you try to record your headlining set, all of a sudden you had 10 minutes of people doing their checks in the middle of your show and yeah. the wait staff going around. People getting at their phones very to distracting. calculate tips and stuff. Yeah. yeah, very distracting. So during that check drop, you can say, hey, I see the checks are coming out. Uh, great chance for me to get to know you guys a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to somebody that's not paying the check right then. Right. I've, okay. seen this, yeah. I've seen headliners do this. Like People are engaged in a transaction. Hey, man, how much does that cost? Like They're just trying to take care of yeah. the bill. <laughs> Find somebody's either paid up already or yeah. hasn't got their check yet. Yeah. Or the person in the party that's not paying. You know, sometimes one person's paying for five and yeah. talks to the other people. So, so you're not paying for this meal, are you? Right. <laughs> you're and, letting him take care of it. Yeah. And and at the very basic level, you can talk to them about the what they drank or something like that or what yeah. they ate. But you can also find out more about the person. What do yeah. you do for a living? You know, how long? You, how many shows do you come to see a year? All kinds of things. Whatever okay. you want to ask. Yeah, just ask stuff. And then as you see the the ten minutes starting to close up, and there's no more wait staff on the floor, and everybody's starting to get engaged again, segue back into material. Okay. So it's a and it's also a great chance to just to try new material. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do any crowd work at all. Get out there and say, Hey, I see the check drops coming out. Right. Yeah. I'm going to sure. drop some new jokes. Yeah. And so uh, and if. <laughs> I, you know for Welcome sure. Welcome to me, me time. <laughs> yeah. If you get a good, strong reaction on the joke during a check drop, it's going to rock when they're fully focused. Okay, cool. So it's a that's good a place. Good, that's to, a good little tip. Yeah. I, you know, that's one thing I used to do because I used to feel really pinned in in that headliner spot. And probably the first year, I just try to steamroll through that check drop. Uh-huh. I would get louder or I'd pull my guitar out then and like kind of kill the silence with a couple of songs. Right, yeah. And I'd have what I call throwaway jokes or throwaway songs. Like, these aren't my best things. Because you knew no one's, or less people 50%, are paying attention. Yeah. Probably, you know, I would just round it to 50%. Yeah. Half are paying and half aren't. Yeah. And and do it there. Um, so those are a few tips right there. One thing, too, is you're asking the crowd to participate. So be a engaging, fun person. Okay. Uh, like What's that like? No. I was going to say, I was just looking <laughs> at you. I'm like, like, I don't know. <laughs> Gavin doing crowd work. If you get yeah. it like, my life sucks. How about yeah. you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's not going to be fun. And Do you feel the overwhelming panic coming into your life as well? No? How's your drink? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you do with your life? What are you doing with your life, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's one of those things. you got to be a cordial, yeah. fun person. Uh-huh. They're going to naturally loosen up around that. Sure. You know, if you're a tight, kind of wiry, mean-spirited person, they're yeah. not going to give you as much. Yeah. So realize that, too. If your stage persona is very aggressive... Crowd work's not going to be your best tool. Your thing, yeah. You know, it's going to be, you, you're going to turn into an insult comic. Bobby Slayton, I think, that I saw that I was just like, you're everybody just sort of looking down. It's real funny, but yeah, like yeah. everybody's sort of looking down, like, please, God, don't ask me a question. Don't oh look, my God. Yeah, he's like, super skilled and he's, you know, he, oh my gosh, he's, apart. Oh, he's great. And he, and he does it in a way that, you know isn't real necessarily but it it's like it's so funny because he takes a pause from his joke and you're like oh god this could be the moment like, <laughs> right. keep, don't look up there keep your eyes down right. yeah yeah so it's one of those deals you know it's going to be easier for people that are more fun on stage yeah that's for sure um if if you don't want to get into too much of a conversation but you just want to show them that maybe you want to i would say trick them into thinking that you're thinking on your feet mm-hmm. with prepared answers um, a yes/no question is the best way to go. Okay. So I, you know, first you get your volunteer one way or the other. You know, by a round of applause, some people here are married. 
sir, you know, and, and you ask the guy who raised his hand one specific question, a yes or no question. Okay. And so you've got a reply for if he says yes, a funny reply, and you've got a, n- a funny no. Yeah. And probably if he stalls or doesn't answer it quickly, you've got a reply for that. Yeah. And so, you know, you've you, you've narrowed like if he say, if, if you say, uh, are you married? And he says yes. Then you could look at the woman to his left and go, "Is this your wife?" or something like that. You could that. do that. That yeah. would be a g- okay. And if he says no, then you got a funny joke right there. Right. If he says yes, if he pauses and says yes, you go, "What?" what? There was a pause sure? there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, okay. Um, so that would be like an example of a yes or no question. Right. Uh, okay. And right. you know, some things. It's, it, and again, this isn't the most brilliant. Piece no, no, of no, 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 no. That's what I was trying to think. I. I I, I'm not at brilliant yet. No, I'm, I'm getting ready to introduce a new thing that's not brilliant. Okay. Oh, okay. The other things are already done. I was like, I'm not there. I'm not at brilliant yet. <laughs> no. What I'm getting ready to say on myself is not brilliant. Uh, and lots of comics will do it. If you if you speak to older groups especially, I'll ask who's been married the longest. Okay. And, you know, we'll kind of – I'll start them at 40 years. This is where my career wow. is. Yeah. Yeah. But I had a couple that had been married 67 years. That's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. And so – I think that's awesome. I hope that I hope it's awesome because if not, well, well, here's what I say. Here, so, 67 years, I have a nice round of applause for them, and I go, "That is a long time." Yeah. And then the crowd kind of laughs. I go, "For one of you." Yeah. Oh, right. And yeah. that gets a bigger laugh. And that's just something I stumbled into one time doing crowd work. Okay. But then that's a place I can always take that joke. All right. Cool. You know. And then I've done some cr- some groups that are, you know, just as old as that, and nobody's been married more than 20 years. Yeah. Like they either got married late or they're sure. in a second marriage or what have you. So there's all kinds of different things, but it's a, it's a, a very, I hate to say safe, but it's a very predictable space, mm-hmm. and that's fine in some environments. Yeah, you know. But other, what you're hunt you're you're using the predictable stuff a little bit to hunt for something that's, that's unpredictable. unpredictable. Yes. Okay. So I'm hoping that they say something I don't they ever go, expect. I'm or a proctologist heard. or something, yeah. and you go, okay, hold on, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I don't mind, and this is one thing that I don't know if, uh, how many comics feel like this, but I don't mind if the crowd gets the biggest laugh. Or some of the biggest laughs yeah. in the entire night because I want them to have fun. I don't care. You know, when I get that guy up to sing on stage, the focus goes from me to that guy for yeah. seven minutes. Okay. I hope he rocks it out. I hope he's crazy as he wants to be and he's living the dream like he's pretending he's rocking on yeah, stage. right. That's great. And, and people will remember him. Or fails miserably. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the two. <laughs> right. But yeah, exactly. But they're going to remember him more than me. Yeah. And that's fine. That guy will be, they'll know him as that dude for the next year until the next party happens. Yeah, right. You know, so I can take the pressure off of me being the funniest guy. And I don't, I don't always close a show like that, but I, I like to if it well, suits them the best. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's strange because, like, you say, you know, you don't mind if you're not the funniest guy, but you're also the best comedian because you're the one picking those things. You know, you're right. the one making those choices and stuff. So it is still your choices, you right. know. Right. Right, and I guess too have uh, last two thoughts here on some crowd work is have a backup plan in case nobody engages. Okay, I mean, don't. Here's what I don't want you to do is say, I've got 20 minutes of solid material and I just booked a 30 minute gig. Right, I'm going to do 10. I have to do oh. 10 minutes of crowd work to get my 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, if that crowd's not engaging, you're not going to pull off that last yeah. 10 minutes. So it's an accessory. It's an extra tool. It's uh, an upgrade if you were mm-hmm. buying something. It's it's a value added experience sure. if you want to look at it from a sales point. But it's not something that you should say you have to have. Okay. Because you will find crowds that just won't engage. Yeah. Or you'll find clients or clubs that don't want you to talk to the crowd. <laughs> or, again, you might be the middle guy working in front of a headliner who only does crowd work and they don't want you doing it because it's So do- pay attention to that All those that dynamics. Stuff. Okay. It's something you can do, but I would never say 
I would never book a gig knowing that I would have to do okay. X amount of crowd work just to get through the time. Okay, gotcha. All that, right. Because that puts you in a stressful situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I guarantee it's just the law that that's, the show will happen where it's not going to be the well, right crowd. there's crown. nothing. Everyone's just an accountant and you're, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always play on the safe side, but have more material than you need for any gig you book because some... I mean, like we said before, 50 minutes of material could turn into 30 with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Or somebody so, burns your material before you all go or the topic or whatever. Yeah. So oh, have extra. God. Don't always be safe, but in general, these, these are things I want you guys to think yeah. about. And then the l- very last thing is try not to talk to somebody that's too far away. In the you, room. In the room that you can't hear. Okay. Uh, and I guess on the same on the same thought is don't. If somebody really close to you is the one you're engaging with, make sure you repeat what they say back to the audience if they don't hear what they said. Okay. I see that mistake a lot, too. All right. Um, so if somebody is right in front of your first row and they're coming back and forth, make sure you repeat. Because they're, they're, they're at the back of the room is only hearing one side of the conversation. Right. And then they disengage. Exactly. And then they ask the manager, could you never be hired again? Then you go home. You can't feed your family. Right. And that new little, new little baby that's coming into new your house. New little baby. <laughs> he, it knows. It knows from the minute it sees you that you've done a bad job, that you're not going to be able to provide. And you got to wear a helmet on your bike ride home. Yeah. Hey, folks. So I know that was kind of a quick little talk about crowd work, but it's been a question that's come up quite a bit. Uh, if you want to watch some comics online or even buy a whole CD of, of comics doing crowd work, yeah. um, Todd Berry has a great CD God. out. It's all crowd work that he, yeah. he picked from different places. You know, It's not just one it's long a show. It's special on Netflix as well yeah. for, the, for the movie part. It's really amazing. Good. Another guy I worked with, it's been a while, and he's got a, a great podcast too, Greg Fitzsimmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's got the Fitz Dog podcast, I think they call it. He's got a couple different ones, I yeah. think. But he's a super sharp guy, great writer, a lot of things. But when I see him doing crowd work, he's what I like about it, he's just like, He's laid, literally laid back, like his shoulders are back, and he, you know he just wait. He lets, just, he lets the people say whatever they want to, and he's just like waiting to just drop his bomb right on top of yeah. them at the end. <laughs> but he's a great listener, and I, I, you know, there's a million comics you guys probably know some too in your local scene that are good at it. You know, pick their brain, see what they're doing and why it works, and see if you can add that tool to your Definitely. tool belt. Oh my gosh. Hey, thanks again, guys. Feel free to send us an iTunes review, a joke to fix, yeah. or just general comments. Uh, thanks for all the engagement. This podcast has really done a lot in this a short amount of time, and I've seen some really big growth here in the past few months. So yeah. keep listening, keep reading. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, That's, Gavin. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.